This is Alpha Geek Radio. Nicki Minaj, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how I'm going to go this bunch this early in That's the morning. How we is start. it morning still? The vocal That's style. That's how we roll. All right, so we, we decided to do a, a session this year uh, revolving around Kickstarter, Indiegogo, Patreon. Uh, we've had a number of sessions uh, yesterday that referenced it, so we thought we would actually create a whole session around it. Uh, we're going to take questions from the audience, um, but basically we have a great panel of uh, people that you probably already know, but just in case there's a few people that don't know <laughs> our wonderful guests here, uh, let's go down the line um, and let them know kind of what tools you're using um, to do crowdfunding, because that's really what we're talking about here is uh, funding what you love to do in untraditional ways. Justin, would you like to start? Hi, I'm Justin Robert Young. I have uh, I've used Kickstarter to fund money for FSL tonight, which you might have seen in this very room yesterday. And uh, we have a Patreon for a show called Night Attack, which will happen tonight live in the Crystal Ballroom. But uh, it's a fun time, and we raise money on it, and it's hilarious. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tom Merritt. We raise money uh, for a show called FSL Tonight on Kickstarter, which you might have seen in the same room last night. <laughs> it's really fun. Uh, we also have kickstarted uh, autopilot show that I do with Scott Johnson. Uh, we did a Kickstarter for Sword and Laser uh, video season. And uh, I use Patreon to support Daily Tech News Show and Cord Killers. My name is Veronica Belmont. I rob banks. <laughs> Yeah. Your uh, banks by rob. getting you to fund her Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the only Kickstarter, I've, I've done a couple Kickstarter, been part of many Kickstarter projects, um, but the main one was for funding, was for funding um, Sword and Laser Season 2, which was very successful, and thank goodness for that. Hi. Come on up. My name is Len Peralta. Uh, I have funded um, a number of projects, most notably Geek a Week. Um, I am six for six in my Kickstarter projects, yeah. which is oh, yeah. pretty big. Let's give applause. Yeah. And um, uh, I also um, kickstarted a, a comic project with Tom Merritt called Ten State. Um, and uh, and I actually was doing crowdfunding before there was Kickstarter. I, I did something called oh, how Mon hipster. Mo <laughs> yes, very indie. Monster by mail. I actually just opened it up and said, "Hey, order some monsters," and people ordered monsters, and it became sort of a thing that I was doing for a while. So it was. It, I was. I was indie. I was Kickstarter before Kickstarter was born. Mm. Holler. <laughs> Justin used to beg. Okay. I do. I was homeless. What's your name? Yeah. Am I? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm Chris Avalon. Um, I've been involved with a number of Kickstarters, and I'm also a human stretch goal. That's actually my career choice, and I really enjoy <laughs> it very much. Um, and I'm done. So great. Meet you all. <laughs> I still write my name. I'm so sorry. We have donuts uh, for you if you want. Oh, yeah. I figure uh, we There's kick off the session kind of talking about maybe your experiences um, because Patreon is especially relatively new. Kickstarter's been out, you know, a little longer. When you approached your projects to to either create a Patreon or maybe a Kickstarter, um, did you prepare? Did you research? Were you nervous? Did you have that feeling, oh my God, this is not even going to work. Nobody's going to care. Yes. Kind of <laughs> what that, I mean, it, I have to imagine, because it's a, it's, since it is relatively new, it's kind of like you're just 
hoping that it doesn't have zero dollars at yeah. the end, of, oh end of it. Well, I assume like like all uh, people who do things creative for a living, at, at some point you feel like you're a fraud. And, uh, yeah, and they're all going to find out. <laughs> they're exactly. all going to figure that it out eventually. That's the most thing I've heard. That, but it's true, though. You've never felt that way? <laughs> Can I stop like, bringing the room down? Yeah. Well, I'm so sorry. But it, it is, plus now they know we're fraud. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you really hope that that moment in which everybody points and laughs at you uh, doesn't also happen while you're trying to raise money for a thing. Right. Uh, so, yeah, you have that one, that initial moment. But really, it's like Kickstarter and Patreon, I feel like, are kind of like the ends of larger at least for us like uh, with with uh, Patreon with uh, FSL and with Night Attack were like the ends of like big fruitful uh, relationships we had with our community so it's like as soon as you kind of catch that first you know uh, lift Wave. It feels really, really good. Yeah, I, I had sleepless nights before we launched the Kickstarter for Sword and Laser. Because we've been doing the podcast for so long, we had never asked for money for it. We had never done anything like that before. And, you know, doing a video production in a studio and hiring a crew and doing the whole thing that previously we had had the whole support of a production company to help us with that, you know, it was a lot of money to come up with. And we just, I, I was sure we were not going to get there. I was like positive. Like I told him, I'm like, this is going to be a failure. It's going to be a freaking failure. Everyone's gonna be it's gonna be embarrassing for everyone. And then it was basically funded in three days. And it was like just like I was so happy because it I think it was that validation that like even though people were listening to the show and, and calling in and doing all the stuff that a good community does, I don't I was still nervous that they wouldn't want to put their money where their mouth was. And that's a big risk that you have to take. And they did and they came through and then some and so it was it was very validating, and I think it really made us a lot more, e- even more excited to do the project because it realized that they were invested in it and they really wanted to see it happen. Yeah, I mean, that was actually more my fear on the Sword and Laser Kickstarter was not that we wouldn't get funded, although I was like, oh, maybe we won't. Uh, my worry was that we would, <laughs> and then we like <laughs> would totally fail to deliver the things that we <laughs> promised. Uh, and 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 right, that that was that's what gave me sleepless nights. Yeah. After we got funded, and I was like, okay, we have to do all these things now. Like not just the actual show, but deliver the USB sticks and the posters well, and all the, that. The, yeah, the 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 dark secret of of doing Kickstarters for Frog Pants is uh, you know David Michael. Yeah. So if you have if you have him on your team in your back corner, if you have someone who is really experienced with doing Kickstarter projects and deliverables and and a fulfillment, um, I mean not yeah. everyone has that, but that's there's that. there's the word yep. fulfillment, fulfillment. Yeah. which is my a old nightmare. friend. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's that is. I mean, I guess like, Len, have you have you done your own fulfillment on? I do my all my own fulfillment on all my projects. So how big of a bitch is that? Self fulfillment. Uh, it is. A real bitch. And I learned a lot uh, doing all these Kickstarters. Ironically, I launched my first Kickstarter here three years ago for Geek a Week. I remember, yeah. And uh, I, it was, it was, I remember spending most of the summer putting it together, trying to think, oh my gosh, how much should I ask? What should I do? And also having those fears, which is like, is this, am I going to be, if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail publicly in front of a group of people that I really admire. And, um, and I remembered, I did a panel. And uh, Tom and Veronica were both on it, and there were a bunch of other people on it, um, which was really cool. And um, and I remember launching it during that panel, and then really like scared leaving that like 
I'd have like a dollar when I left, and I I remember like all of a sudden there was this big influx of people that were, you know, that were donating. Not only just in the room, but but also people just found out about it, and it was so it was really really cool. But fulfillment, yes. Um, so that gave me the opportunity to do more. Um, I did uh, I did one. Uh, I think the scariest one was um, was this one I did for uh, Legends of Video Games. It was a Geek Week set that all talked about just people in the video game world, and I ended up getting a lot of. I asked all these companies who were kind of participating to give stuff, without really thinking about like, well, how am I going to fulfill all this stuff? So I, I got all this. I got all the all these things, and it. I mean, I learned really quickly. Like you, I took a bath in shipping. Because I forgot, oh, the video game world is international, so you're sending it all over the place. And, you know, that's one thing I think people who are learning Kickstarters, they don't even take that into account. It's like, I'm just going to fulfill this stuff, but you need to really be thinking about things like taxes and uh, shipping costs. And, you know, the shipping costs have gone way up just in like even the past year. So it's these things you have to be thinking about that will, uh, that will bury you and then, you know, make you look like you've like you you failed because you can't deliver the stuff because you didn't ask for enough money. The so then when you're at the end yeah. you're beg borrowing and stealing once again. Yeah, the internet seems to be kind of littered with those failed. I mean, you, you hear about the artist that burns a book every time his backers um, ask for when it, when when, it, when are we going to get our books, <laughs> right? So Wait, hold on. I mean, that's that's a, a thing? Yeah, that is a thing. He burns a book? He burns a book every time. Why? Because he he can't fulfill he doesn't have the money for shipping, so he didn't plan accordingly. So that's really that my question. That seems like an unreasonable <laughs> reaction to that. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is if it's it's yeah. That yeah. is a weird, that is a strange response yeah. to that because <laughs> it's it, very normal. It, it, what, it's super normal. That's what people do. Yeah. It's really odd. <laughs> yeah. That's, you've never done that. <laughs> well, it's weird that you don't do that. Yeah. You, Everybody's doing it, Len. But I, I think what it, it it kind of focuses on is the stress that you can oh, yeah. feel when you create a campaign and it's, you know, perceived as successful, but you on the back end might be going, I'm going in debt over this because I didn't plan appropriately. Yeah. You know, how much planning did you go into the the crowdfunding? A ton. Um, yeah, it was it was months, uh, just trying to restructure it and figure it out, and I, you know, was scared about pushing that button. Um, but what is interesting, though, is ideally the people that are backing you are fans of you, and they they're a community, and just like any other community, in podcasting and in in vidcasting, whatever. If you just are honest with them and talk to them, um, they'll be they'll be more than happy to sort of you know I mean there'll be some people who will be pissed off and like just leave you and call you a dick and everything else. Whoa! But <laughs> it's the internet. <laughs> but uh, everyone's nice. But for ex- just for example, um, uh, I was part of a pod, uh, of a Kickstarter project with um, a guy from Mystery Science Theater 3000 Rift Tracks, uh, Bill Corbett. We did a graphic novel. And uh, we um, we severely under underestimated the amount of work and time it was going to take to do the project. Um, it took two years of my life, uh, full like, and it was it's now it's an it's a hundred eighty page graphic novel that I did. I did everything. I did pencils, inks, 
roughs, colors, lettering. I laid the book out. Um, and it became pretty obvious about six months into the project. I wrote to Bill. I said, um, how much is left of this thing? You know, Because he, he had never done anything like that before. And we, we assessed it. And we did a scope. Uh, you know, We did a scope in the middle of it. And it was very obvious we weren't going to deliver in time. Um, but what was cool, and, and ironically, today, you can actually purchase that book two years later. Um, from Create Space. So if you go to superpoweredrevengechristmas.com, you actually get it, which is cool. And uh, and all the Kickstarter backers were really cool about it mm-hmm. um, because Bill was honest and he just said, "Look, we I fucked up. We really just um, uh, did not think this through the way I thought it was going to be. It was much bigger than we thought, but in the end, we got it done, mm-hmm. and people understood that. And they and they would rather. You'll find if you, if they're fans of yours, they would rather wait for something good." than to rush you along. So hopefully yeah. get those kind of fans. Yeah, it's like you really have to take into account the cost of shipping, the cost of taxes, like everything that goes into the items that you're fulfilling. And then, you know, maybe make your your levels a little higher, like maybe make them cost a little bit more because, like you said, I've heard so many stories of people who end up losing money on their Kickstarters, mm-hmm. and that totally defeats the purpose. Yeah. And obviously, uh, so you really have to take some time. I mean, we had... Google Docs and spreadsheets out the wazoo, like with like the cost of wholesale items and how much it would cost to get things printed and how much it would cost to ship things. And that's another thing you have to yeah. deal with too. Is is you'll go out with an initial number and you'll play with that number and figure out well how much should I ask for? Um, and and you'll always get people to say well that's a lot of money to ask for it. And and usually it's people who've never run a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. You know it's like well yeah I'm asking for a lot because I know what goes into this and. And, and in the end, you're not doing it. I mean, you're doing it because you want to do something cool and make it cool. But you'd also like to turn a profit as well. I mean, there is that kind of scary P word that you know you aren't supposed Pay to be. Pay for your time. You aren't supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You aren't supposed to profit off right. this stuff, right? That's ridiculous. You should you should at least try to make a little bit back on your time. Your time is worth something. I'm I'm curious in the in the audience, how many of you have ever run like an Indiegogo or Kickstarter or have a Patreon? How many of you are wow. interested in it? Yeah. yeah. So, so we're scaring the living daylights out of all of you. So um, I'm not f- sure if you're familiar. There's actually a really good, if you Google uh, crowdsourcing Bible or crowdfunding Bible, um, it kind of talks through a lot of this because I think half the battle is actually coming up with your plan of your rewards. There's a whole nother side of marketing and sales on the once you hit that switch, mm-hmm. it will own you for a month or whatever you do. <laughs> whatever your time is, you. That you will, that's all you'll be able to do is think and click refresh, refresh, refresh. That's all you'll do. Here's the upside: free money. <laughs> <laughs> like you just put your hand out and money appears. <laughs> so that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I I, th- I think. If you've never done a Kickstarter before, all of these warnings are, are good to think about because, as Len said, you've got to calculate your time, the cost of what you're making, and then if you're doing rewards, which everybody does, the cost of those rewards have to go on top of that. So that's why a lot of people look at a Kickstarter like, why does it cost so much? It's like, well, part of it is the cost of doing the thing, but then part of it is the cost of sending you the posters and right. sending you all right. of that. These USB thing. sticks so don't grow on trees. We have a question. Oh. If, if you have questions... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gonna ask them. All right. Come on up here. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh no. Oh. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. I, 
stand up. Sorry, that was my jo- that was my Joffrey impression. Oh, okay. Um, I appreciate you. <laughs> no, you don't. Do. You don't love me at all. No, I, I um, my question was: Do deliverables have to be physical objects? Oh no. So we are <laughs> no, not at all. And it's yeah. It's totally. Yeah. Chris, Chris, you want to talk? Going to yeah, talk about your tell talk. Go talk. We haven't heard right, from I'll you. I'll talk and then Actually, you can talk. Says, uh, digital rewards are far better uh, because physical rewards. They've already discussed the international shipping. Uh, that those costs escalate very quickly. If you can do wallpapers, digital reward. Digital cool. rewards. Oh, wow, that's very powerful. Where we are? Yeah. Where's the Where's the camera? Oh, there it is. Oh uh, yeah, but no, they don't have to be physical rewards at all. That's basically my too long didn't read answer. Thank you. Yeah, it's it was incredible because actually our our biggest uh, reward levels were non-physical. They were, you know, we will um, have you have an executive. Okay, wow, that all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, was oh, that was not for me. Um, or was it? Um, there. Okay, now I'm all flustered. Um, they were like an executive producer credit on, on season two of the show, which was one the highest backer level. And then there was other ones where you could, um, we would read and do a Google Hangout with you talking about your book if you were an author. And you could choose to then make that either you know public or keep it private for yourself, just as feedback. And those were like a lot of like three and five thousand dollars, and they sold. They were like some of the first items to go. And oh no, I'm bragging because it was awesome. We couldn't yeah, believe. You're, you're very calm about it too. Yeah, I'm mean, Ambrick. Well, I'm all flustered because I got like flashed. It's very exciting. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, no. I mean, yeah. What? She doesn't know. Where am I? What is Veronica's discovering so much about Veronica right now. <laughs> And our question. They don't have to be physical rewards. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Are those physical rewards? For your rewards, did you have like brainstorming sessions? How, how did you come up with your ideas? I sat at the table by myself and said, what would be a good thing to give people? <laughs> I looked at Mirror Self and I asked Mirror Self. Yeah, <laughs> Mirror Self. <laughs> no, actually, about digital rewards, the easier you can make it on yourself, the better. Because especially if you're running a large, a large campaign that gets really well funded... Um, the the less you have to think about like actually creating something and then or or just something hey you get a, a virtual high five or something some of the, sometimes that's kind of like dumb but you can you can do stuff like that and if you have the right type of fans you just have to judge your fan base and see yeah, yeah. What, what it is that they well, want well I guess that's also a thing is like I think everybody here uh, when you do like if you've done kickstarters you are talking to an audience that knows you for a thing and either you are doing an extension of that thing or something similar for which you are the common thread. If that's the case and you're not doing something that's like a commodity like you're doing the some gizmo or 3D printer or an Oculus Rift or something where it's more about the product, then the connection is you and you can always give your time and that will be more valuable than a t-shirt, you know? Do do keep in mind if you do non-physical rewards though that some of them could involve your time and scheduling. Uh, the the last reward from the Sword and Laser Kickstarter to deliver is one where we have to schedule time with a bunch of people to discuss something and 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 coordinate. It's it's not costly in that sense, but it is something that's like all right, we have that. There's a lot more moving parts. The easiest thing to do is like an ebook or or some kind of digital reward that's like all you got to do is send it to somebody. But like Justin said, it all depends on what your audience is into. Yep. 
Come on up. Flash us and get going. <laughs> I'm old enough now that when I go to New Orleans, I say, let me show you my boobs. That's yeah. where I am. Yes, um, so you guys already have uh, successful products that were out there. You had an audience. Um, how do you market to that audience, and then how do you expand beyond just the people who already support you to get revenue from a Kickstarter campaign for people outside of what you already do? Mm. Um, well, one thing is is reach out to different media outlets. Um, you know, if you have something that's really, really interesting um, and different, not just like a bunch of things. It's like the you know potato salad thing, whatever. You know, I saw you know, hey. <laughs> but the, but. But the potato salad thing has sort of—I think that's sort of what's changed Kickstarter a little bit. Um, but it, it, but what I—and that just got you know a good thing, media just because of what it was. Um, but you know, make friends you know with people who are in you know writing for places like CNET or Wired or whatever, or just reach out to them and say, hey, um, it's 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 harder. It's going to be a lot more difficult because they've already gone through that wave. And they've, you know, people are tired of reading about Kickstarter campaigns. So um, before you do that, make sure uh, that's the yeah. Some some outlets like Gizmodo are like, we don't write about Kickstarter. Yeah, they don't do it anymore. So it's so make if you might have something that's really really different. If it's different enough, they'll write about it. But it's just you know, just tell people to you know share it on Twitter, let people know. You know, I mean that's use your use your social media outlet type stuff to make it happen. Did any of you write press releases? Because that's a yeah. Great. Yeah, I so didn't. We wrote one, but I don't think we sent it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think didn't you help us write it? I mean, was maybe? that for this or something else? I don't. You remember. know what? I th I think maybe it doesn't for matter. Laser, I yeah. can't remember. That's okay. Yeah, we yeah. succeeded. Yeah. So whatever. So like PR, PR <laughs> web. I mean, there's a number of websites right. where you can create a press release, and there's a whole structure to that. Um, and and a lot of the the like I wrote, wrote a press release one time, and Io9 picked it up. So, and it was like, whoa! I didn't yeah. even expect that. So the, the press release game is 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 gambling, right? Yeah. It's you do it because you might get picked up, but don't expect to get picked up. It's just one of those things you got to tick the box off of. I think one of the coolest examples of using your audience to expand your audience is the coolest cooler. Yeah. Did, did you hear? It's like this cooler that has like a blender attached to it and all this crazy stuff. They tried to fund it and failed. Their Kickstarter totally failed at $100,000, uh, and so they relaunched it. They kind of remodeled the, the cooler again. They relaunched it with a lower amount of $50,000, which they're like, we almost got to $100,000 last time, so we should be successful. And they went to their original Kickstarter folks who had backed them and said, hey, we're sorry the Kickstarter didn't succeed, but we're going to give it a try. Get out there and help us spread the word so we can succeed this time. And last time I looked, I mean, they they... They are the biggest Kickstarter ever. Like they beat oh, the pebble. Oh Jesus, really? Yeah, really? they got like ten million dollars. Oh, wow! Wow! Yeah. What? <laughs> really? What the hell? Yeah. So. So I mean, make a cooler. Yeah. <laughs> make a cooler Step one. Fail. Coolers for everyone. Then tell the people who helped you with the failure. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, get I don't know. I'm flustered by that cooler talk. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> Can you talk about the differences between Kickstarter, Patreon, Indiegogo? Which one's better, which one's not? Yeah, um, I don't think I well, do. I mean, one of them's haunted, and I'm not going <laughs> to tell you which one. <laughs> but it's Indiegogo. Uh, well, I mean, they're really, I mean, 
get Indiegogo used to be a, a big destination for projects that didn't fit into Kickstarter's fairly narrow view of, of what they would allow. They wanted uh, deliverable products, like kind of first and foremost, and then they didn't. When now anybody who wants to make potato salad can raise money there. Uh, potato salad was deliverable. It, it actually is pretty good. Did you actually have it? I totally did. Yeah. It was very good. Did you? No, I'm not gonna but, is it a Everyone, we stop pressuring me. <laughs> Sometimes we're on a panel and you guys like do this all the fucking time. And you guys need to calm down. Potato salad, by the way, is delicious. But but how was it? Uh, and then Patreons, that's like a whole nother. It's like a whole nother game, you know. Like it's it's for uh, regular things in, in in a way that like was really kind of a. It, it, it's it's a almost onerous to your audience to come back, you know, every couple months and be like, Hey, I'm still doing a podcast guys. Like want to give me money again? Yeah. Uh, Patreon just gives, you know, it lets people know that like, all right, well that's the deal. The deal is you want to give me money per podcast and that's it. Yeah. yeah. No, or I think YouTube video they're or like, whatever, you know, uh, Indiegogo and 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 Kickstarter are like a Phillips head, and a, a flathead screwdriver. You know, they're they're good for different things, and and then Patreon is a hammer, or you know, choose whatever tool you want. I'm not trying to <laughs> make a metaphor here, but uh, yeah, I mean, Patreon is good for certain kinds of things that, like you say, you're you've got an ongoing project, and so it's harder to do a Kickstarter all the time. Patreon allows you to to ask for for funding for that ongoing thing with deliverables and levels and everything like that. And then there are other there are other funding um, uh, platforms that, with with Kickstarter, it's all or nothing. You have a 30 days or 60 days or whatever it is to make the money, and if you don't make it, you don't get anything. There are places that um, that will give you the money as it goes along. Yeah, Indiegogo does that. Uh, yeah, Indiegogo. There's another one. Um, uh, I can't remember. Right? We did a we did a Go game on it. Gram Girl and I did a game on it. GoFundMe. No, it wasn't GoFundMe. But they. But what happens is they is, like? is they get um, it's um what, uh, it's no Len. But <laughs> seriously though, remember it right now. <laughs> See, we pressure uh, everyone. Yeah. I don't remember. It. But okay. they, we, we should we should make a new platform just for Len called Lend Me Some Money. Oh. oh shut it that. down. You have to give all the money Any back. Any programmers out there? Oh. Talk to me. <laughs> oh. oh no. <laughs> Sorry, I got really excited. Uh, but yeah, but there'll be there'll be platforms that'll just give you money as it goes along, which is also a big risk because what I understand with those, at least the one we were using for for Grammar Girl, is that if you don't make what you were originally asked for, uh, they charge you more money, like as what? A, as a kill fee or something. It's weird. It's really strange. Really? So it's like so you what need kind to, of like, Russian just, mafia? Just, yeah. are you dealing with? It was with? a brand new. That's why I don't remember because it was a brand new thing. Yeah. So so just no. You if, pay us if you're using. Take a look because there's alternate ways of of uh, of of crowdsource funding. Just look at what the rules are and understand what those rules are, so you don't get yourself because it's like oh good I get this money every day whatever is funded I get that. <laughs> Uh, but there may be a bad thing that happens at the very end. So, like I said, haunted. <laughs> uh, oh, one thing, somebody was talking about uh, getting the word out. Uh, remember that a, a lot of these are, are very kind of personal sort of journeys. You know, when you're doing Kickstarters, you're you're sort of saying like, oh, like this is my dream. Please help my dream come true. It's a very powerful idea that connects. I think at its best, like person to person. So, find people that you know that just have big. Facebook followings and stuff like that, or just uh, are connected to certain crowds and audiences. And there's really a science to it. Uh, Bill Duran 
who does punish props. He he did a big Kickstarter for a space gun, and like he's got a whole strategy of like you know every three days you should try to hit a certain different niche that might be interested in in your project and just try to if theoretically if it becomes kind of a rolling thing and there's overlapping audiences now it seems like a phenomenon you know mm. uh and, and you can do that if you are you know if you're smart about it and if you uh, try to chart stuff out. Well, that's how the cooler guys got rolling, right? It's like once they once they funded, then everybody started to it, it just started to grow into all those other niches. Yeah, well, that's smart. And Len, I know you have a mailing list because that's how I found out about Jawbone launching. Oh yeah. And yeah. so do you? Yeah. You, you utilize that list. Uh, yeah, you, but you also try not to overdo it because mm. people don't like spam. But so I probably send out maybe one or two and really make it. Make it worth your while. And get the get the word out there. But yeah, um, that's uh, that's physical that's mail though, like Publishers <laughs> Clearinghouse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought it was uh, robocalls, door, door handle uh, hangers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Canvassing neighborhoods. Yeah. Yes. Nice shirt. Yeah, look at that shirt. <laughs> Got it off some random Kickstarter. Oh my god, <laughs> Becky, look First at off, that shirt. I just checked the uh, cooler funded for thirteen million. <gasps> Wow. That's a lot wow. of coolers. <laughs> On yeah, the Patreon, specifically. I know you guys have Patreons, and you can both right monthly and by creation, which you can do either or. What made you choose monthly, especially when you're doing a weekly podcast like Night Attack and Court Killers, versus the weekly? And you can set a maximum. Do you see significant drop-offs from week one to two to three when you decide to do weekly versus a monthly? Uh, the reason I did monthly on Daily Tech News Show is I felt like it was a lot to ask for, you know, 20 episodes a month to be saying, like, you know, pledge me $5 an episode, ha, 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 even though you can set the maximum. It just seemed to make more sense to be like, this show's just going to be on, so pledge by the month. Whereas with Cord Killers, we might take a week off, and we don't want to charge somebody for that, so uh, we're saying by episode. We wondered if we would have that sort of like people only wanting to do two episodes or three episodes a month and seeing a big drop off, and we really haven't. Uh, in fact, the one month where we had like a five episode month, we were like, whoa, that, <laughs> that's a big amount this month because we had a whole extra episode. And it, yeah, it was not significant. It was a little bit lower, but it was not significantly lower. Most people just say, yeah, I'm going to give this dollar per episode or whatever, and that's it. Yeah, I think it's a natural thing that the audience kind of works out by itself you know uh you, you can worry about it but ultimately you're going to get the answer you know yeah. and yeah the bigger drop-off is declined credit cards yeah uh, and it's not mm. because people are financially irresponsible it's the hackers going out and then the banks change their change your number i'm sure everybody here has had that happen at least once if not more often mm -hmm. uh and then you don't go and you update every single thing you've ever given your credit card to so i've, I've actually found that to be the bigger drop-off factor yeah i send a i send a note and just be like hey I'm going to delete you now. <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had to... Uh, that's like... I mean, Patreon is, is a rapidly growing platform. Uh, and I know that's like a part of their uh, improvement strategy is to try to make that a little bit more intuitive. Because mm -hmm. right now it's not. Yeah. Are any of you familiar with Subbable, which is a... No. Oh, yeah. I've so Subbable is a very similar platform to Patreon, it's like, it's like, uh, but it's interesting because they do percentages. Your audience doesn't know like how much money you're making. They see like I'm 50% to my goal, mm -hmm. and so there's 
there seems to be a little bit more transparency with Patreon, and I, I'm I'm watching the two and, and finding it interesting. You to have see. to be approved to get into Subway. Yeah, I think it's more geared towards the YouTube audience or yeah. YouTube channels too. Well, Patreon mm-hmm. was too. I mean, it, it was started by by the Poblamus guy, um, Jack Conti. Jack Conti, personal friend of yours. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My personal friend, Jack Conti. Uh, and and you know they were they were both going for that same niche and and uh, I feel like uh, I I don't really know uh, you know how Subbable's doing but it, uh, from talking to people at Patreon Patreon really exploded uh, once the the podcasters showed up and we were being rowdy and, and asking for money place, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah it it really kind of uh, uh, they they saw rapid rapid expansion when uh, when we got there. Because we're that awesome. Johnny Feisty, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Feisty. Johnny Feisty. Um, well, first thing, Len, the, uh, the thing that, you did with Mignon was fun to anything. I'm sorry? No, it's fine. I'm Pull out. <laughs> Overheard at Dragon Con. There's cream inside. I like how you made it worse. On backwards is the right, problem. There we go. Good enough. Magic. Go freestyle. Okay. It's exactly right. the same as it was in the beginning. The thing you did with Mignon, that was on Fund Anything? Oh, Fund Anything. Yeah. Yes. Um, That's right. The question I have, I'm being a mouthpiece for someone else, so maybe if I mince my words and get it wrong. Um, Is it for her? Yeah. You, you seem like so, uh, it's totally not for there, there's a, uh, there's a, you know, talk about the distinction between, like, Patreon and Indiegogo or Kickstarter. One of the things, and I've actually been looking at this, is the difference in funding rewards for a Patreon versus mm. like a big blow up Kickstarter thing where you kind of like everything in bulk versus like a recurring reward or yeah. how do you, how do you kind of settle on a Patreon type of reward? To be honest, I think that's still evolving. Yeah. You know, I think we're all just like sort of throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks yeah. like uh because I don't really know if the rewards we have now for Night Attack are any good, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh one of our backers is Don Jaime is is giving me the Don the, Jaime, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, ma, muscle manos, muscle manos. So uh, yes, well yeah, our, our our half our rewards are fake. Uh, <laughs> like it's like for ten thousand dollars because Brian wanted to be a dick. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think yeah, we're we're just we're trying to figure out exactly what they are, what, what's good, but and and part of it's the audience and listening okay. to the audience. Are you surveying your audiences and asking them? Oh no, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, God, no. Yes and no. I mean, I don't I don't do surveys like scientifically, but I definitely like keep in touch with people. Like, what what would you like to see? What would be cool? And it is harder with Patreon because it is ongoing. Like like going back to the physical rewards question, right? You don't want to say, you know, for for if we hit this five thousand dollar a month level, we'll give everyone a poster every month forever <laughs> to the end like, of time. What? You know, like. That then you're in the poster sending business. Um, so I, I, we've kept them very much like we'll just give you inside info, we'll give you special access, stuff like that, uh, because it seems to be something that people appreciate but makes sense to deliver over and over again. Yeah. I have a meeting with them next week, so I'm trying to figure out what to do a for Patreon. The Patreon? Yeah. Patreon? What are you meeting with them for? To see if I should do a Patreon. What, what do you what think? Do you, I would. I don't know. What read do on the website. What do you need to meet with them for? I'm gonna go work so there. Sorry. That's what I'm having a meeting about. I'm gonna go. I'm that's running the company now. What? Go. With my personal friend Jack Conti. 
Yes. Yeah. No, not with him. <laughs> Don Jaime, everybody, a round of applause. Uh, no, yeah, the 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 patron rewards, I, I think, at least I appreciate the most are those inside stuff, the 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 Patreon messages, you know, with with content and stuff. That's that's really really good. Cool. Um, I have another question. How how do you choose the period for a Kickstarter, for example? Um, mm. Because it seems very arbitrary. We did we did a lot of research actually, and it seemed like the 30 day period was really the most successful um, yeah. because it's uh, you do have quite a a curve though. Like you get a lot of initial uh, donations, and then things kind of drop off, and then in the last week again, I think when you start like really pushing it again, it comes back up again, and that's usually when people make it is in the last couple of days, unless it's like a super popular project. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's that all the research we looked at said 30 days was the way to go. Thank you. Come on up. And there were were even days of the week to start it and end it and things like that, too. Dogecoin shirt. Nice. Hey, you didn't laugh. Now, while I won't flash you, you will get this question straight from the horse's mouth. Okay. Uh, Now, my question is... Oh, my God. That was amazing. But then you didn't do it. Okay. My question is, what's the most you ever raised from a Kickstarter? Can you just do it for Veronica? I'm going to keep talking over you until it comes... Make the horse talk. What's the most you've ever raised in a Kickstarter? Thank you. The most what? I didn't hear the question. What's the most you've ever raised? The most... Oh, fart. Um... I don't know. Sword and Laser. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, Sword and Laser. How much did we raise for 10 State? Uh, 10 State was 17. Okay. The most I've ever raised was uh, 60 60 gram for, uh, I doubled what I was doing for my Geek Week project. And that was a much, uh, I was just talking about this this morning. It was um, Max Temkin from Cards Against Humanity was the one who really helped uh, push that over the top. Um, It was one of those moments where I get an email and he says, I want to help you fund. I'm going to give you this expansion pack that is very rare. This is what I want it to sell at, and you will probably uh, fund in tomorrow. And um, I, I took it with a with a grain of salt just because I was like, well, um, uh, sure, people always say stuff like that. I didn't really know what was going to happen, but God, he wasn't kidding, man. I put it up there, and within, like, Cards Against Humanity talked about it, and it was it was literally watching... The, the counter run yeah. for about yeah. three or four he was hours. He was a real liar because you funded within hours and yeah. not the day after. Well, it was it was really crazy because I, 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 we, I was in L.A. I was driving to the airport. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. in L.A. I, we were fulfilling a, a Kickstarter reward uh, for 10 State, and I was freaking out. I was like, well, um, I thought there was a lot of things uh, that were going through my mind. Was, was I going to fund? Um, is is this actually going to happen? No, I I remember, I was, I'm much? driving you to the airport, and you're like, yeah, I got this expansion set. It's really cool, but I don't know if people are really going to care. I just don't think this is going to fun. And like, as soon as you put it up, it was like, yeah. bam, bam. bam. It was, it was, What's it that was, whistling? Oh, yeah. it's the money train. Yeah. Woo! And I hope all of you get to do that. No if you run a Kickstarter, I hope you have that moment because it's – it's it really it's like wow I'm really going to be able to do this and then you can and then it's from it goes from marketing to it to okay how am I going to what am I going to do next how am I going to make this happen yeah. uh, and once you have that re- relief um, you can actually start really getting to work and that's the fun part so yeah we did we did um, about forty six thousand for Sword and Laser out Good of God. a twenty thousand goal so that was awesome. Um, yeah, I guess I mean easily the most money I've gotten from crowdfunding is the Night Attack Patreon, which is 
two thousand around two thousand an episode. Why aren't you talking to the microphone for that why, one? Why do you Because you have to talk. Because it's, cause it's, li- it. it's live streamed. You have to talk into the I know. microphone. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's uh, not so made of I'm Ebola. I'm not just fucking with you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon my French. Sorry, guys. That was not French. It was, right. it was English. Okay. <laughs> so talk about your Kickstarter. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, we were doing computer role-playing games uh, for $4.3 million, And uh, the only thing I can say is... After you do a Kickstarter campaign, please leave PayPal up because PayPal will keep the revenue going and going and going and going for quite some time. I'm sorry, you have a question? <laughs> yeah. don't, don't, don't address Veronica. Yeah. I have another question. Shoot. Um, I read on the Kickstarter page that it helps to have a video to promote your thing, but do you absolutely have to have a video, uh, especially if you're doing something involving writing? Yes. Uh, Video has actually probably been the most important part of the Kickstarter page. Like, very few people actually read the text as opposed to watching the video. So, the only the only advice I have is uh, do not do not have any obstacles to making your video the best presentation can be because your video is probably the thing that people actually look at in your Kickstarter page, as opposed to the text. Any suggestions on how to make a video? Veronica knows. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What were we talking about? This is the sauciest kickstarting panel, I swear. Um, yeah, so we made a video on our set because we had the, we had the set from the first season. So we were like, if you liked this, if you want to see more authors, like when we listed all like you know, show George R. R. Martin and Lev Grossman and all the people who were on like that first season of the of the show. I'm like really focused on you right now. Um, but so Martin, did I say that? I can't talk. Robot arms. Yeah, and so. <laughs> it's too early to feel like I'm drunk already. I'm not. Um, yeah, so uh, it, it is really super important, and, and people watch it, and it's a great way to share. Like, you can you can embed the video other places, and, and when you do the Kickstarter embed, it includes the video into it, so it just... But it, it doesn't have to be an intimidating process. Right. No. no! And it shouldn't be long. Shoot it on your phone! Yeah. Phones take good yeah. video. Put it in the iMovie. Cut it up with the iMovie tools. Post it right there. You're done. You just want it to be. You don't want to be too long. You want it to say what it is you want to say in in a succinct and precise manner as possible and just get people excited. Preferably less less than five minutes. Yeah. Oh, good God, yes. No, if you can do it in less than three, you're... you're, Wait, yeah, when I see the seven-minute videos, I'm like, nope, I'm not no, gonna. No, watch that. I don't have time for that right now. Saying a goddamn infomercial. Like, do you really have that much to say? No, you don't. Yeah. yeah. Do you you know, doing it on the phone can be good. I, I you're right. You want to pour as many resources in it as possible and make it look as really good. But if you're like, I don't have a lot of resources, you know, nicely lit room yeah. with a phone set up, just you looking at the camera, yeah, appealing. Good, good lighting is key. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's that's kind I mean, of. You also want someone handsome on it, like. <laughs> Don't do that. You'll, you'll really lower. I used to, I used a puppet and my uh, my daughter, and I, the puppet was a puppet of me, and I just sat there and I put my laptop up and we recorded, and it was it was like something out of Sesame Street. It was cool. Yeah, it could be it could be anything. You basically answered the question I was going to have, but uh, okay, thanks. Do do. <laughs> Don Jaime. Anyway, uh, but yeah, do more produce. Do you think more? 
better produced uh, videos do do they do better in general or not or you know I, I think good projects do better like yeah. and I think that oftentimes good videos are a symptom of good projects because people who have put a lot of thought into what they are doing and how they are going to fulfill rewards and their audience often think about the video but uh, really cl- I mean like it is just like an information dump and if you can make it clean and concise that you've done the two biggest favors you can do for yourself in terms of a video like clever funny silly way down the list as long as you can get clear and concise engaging yeah because the reason video works is people want to see what they're backing right and whether it's the people or the product you know sometimes you'll see those ones with graphs and charts and all of that it's just a way for you to go okay would i want to would what what am i backing what am i giving my money to i mean the key to it all is what does this mean to me like your audience is watching this going why do i care and that's what you're trying to convey i think well why should they care and it's it's the dream thing you know like don't don't undersell that yeah everybody has a dream don't be ted kennedy (laughs) jesus No, I meant, I meant because... <laughs> Look, I couldn't get a Nixon reference in, okay? That was the best I could do. Man, that one really went into the water. Oh! oh. Too soon! Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> are flashing we're making chappaquiddick jokes i was gonna say chappaquiddick while you're ahead oh, oh good god oh. ted kennedy killed somebody uh, for anybody too young to know what's going on here i see there's a kid here in the audience look it up chappaquiddick it's prove it yeah he's there's someone's dead because of ted kennedy beyond ted kennedy Sorry, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, no worries. It's all good. Kickstarting. Um, go. How do you uh, value your time as artists uh, when putting a budget together? Poorly. Yeah. I know. We all Actually, just. You know. you know who's really good at this is Len. Um, yeah, I. Um, I. Yeah, that's that's part of the thing I I build into it. I you know I've done Geek Week enough to know what it takes. You know, it's it's not only just creating the art, but I also interview, set up the interviews. I edit the interviews into a podcast. Um, I've started recently starting to started to sp- um, record myself drawing it and turning it into a speed drawing. Um, it's actually ter- you know fulfilling it, and that's my time. That's what I do for a living. So um, you know you you have to be realistic and take a look and really assess how many hours you're going to put into this, um, because the worst thing to have happen is to be funded and be real happy. And then about a month into the project, you're kicking yourself because you're like, this sucks. I didn't ask for enough money. I'm killing myself for nothing. You want to actually be able to say, I feel comfortable with what I'm making. You know, it may not, you may not be making the, the most of what you, know, what you could make, but you're also, if you're able-bodied and, and smart, you can actually take other projects on and stuff like that to fill the gaps. And this is, the, you know, hopefully the Kickstarter is one of those things that just sort of is there to, to help you out along the way. So uh, just as a follow up, um, in terms of like profit for your for yourself and as in like value of that your time that you worked on and things like that, do you when you put your budget together do you expect to make like a certain percentage above of what you usually get as your yearly salary let's say from whatever other job you've had in the past or 
how do you calculate that or do you just take a hit you know basically make uh, exactly what you've been making for me I, I would always take a look at it and say this is this is this is the known quantity this is I know how much how long it's going to take me to do these things and then I qualify by like an hourly rate or something and then I, f I figure okay once I get that number then I then I plug that into the actual spreadsheet and say well what does this actually do to my end ask uh, because you know along with shipping along with uh, taxes and if you especially with my Kickstarter I was asking people to do things for me like create music and stuff like that and I paid them so you know, I'll, I'll take these, take that all into account. I'll, everybody that's helping you produce things, printing, whatever it is, uh, and then look at your number. Your last, the, the number you want to make is one you feel comfortable with, but also it reflects a number that if you put it forward, someone's not going to be like, I'm not going to help this guy. There's no way he's getting to his. I, I think it's really dangerous to start looking at it as like, oh well, I made this amount of money at my old job, and or yeah. like, mm -hmm. and and now yeah. I'm going to. Uh, it'll take me a month. I'm going to take a month. Yeah, think about it if you're a freelancer and it's a project. Yeah, yeah. we and did it. Yeah, we did it. Like we came up with a an amount we would like to make per episode, and then but then we had a, also had a sliding scale built in. We're like, well, if we only get this much, we'll pay ourselves this much, and yeah. we had like very basically like the, the bare minimum. Okay, well, I guess we could just not pay ourselves if we yeah. only get this amount to make everything else work. Um, yeah. But I don't think we've even and but we were we we did get what we wanted, but I don't think we've ever even paid ourselves yet from it. That's not because of. That's just because we're dumb. We're just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we should do that. No, we should not. Do, don't not pay yourself. No, we yeah. should, we yeah. should yeah. pay ourselves. We should pay ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm glad this internal planning meeting has yeah. spilled out into the Kickstarting <laughs> panel. Welcome to the Sword and Laser Board. <laughs> yes, sir. Board of uh, yes. Uh, apologize if you answered this earlier. I just got back or from the parade, but. Uh, how as far it? as good, good, lots okay. of stormtroopers and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, the um, storming around those guys. Still. As far as risks, risks and uh, complications that happen with Kickstarters, what would you guys say is the biggest risk you've had on a Kickstarter that either prevented you from going forward and releasing the Kickstarter to public, or potentially even causing you to have to like big roadblock for a project you've already funded or something like that. Mm. Uh, for me, it was it was it was cost. Um, uh, before I did the Geekweek Kickstarter, I there was another. I have like a bunch of like started projects that in my Kickstarter thing. That I'm like, well, I can probably make this work. One of the things that I tried to do, which would be really cool, um, is I I wanted to do a cosplay version of Geek a Week using the actual people that I that I interviewed oh, yeah. from season one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like oh, Veronica and Tom, fun. but the other people like Stan Lee and Neil Gaiman and Felicia Day and, and Kevin Smith. What my what my plan was going to do is is to hire an actual real photographer, go to L.A., go to these different places, fly them in, take real cosplay based on my art, and turn those into posters and cards. And um, I I worked on it for about a year. Uh, and one of the main things that was that was going to stop me was that if I were to approach everybody I talked to in that first 52 deck and they said no, uh, then that would be the end of it. But what surprisingly happened is I, I, I approached everybody and they said, hell yes, I was in. People that I didn't think that would even want to do it were like, I'm in if you have this happen. So I was like, okay, that gave me enough confidence to move forward. I assembled a team. Um, uh, I figured out what, uh, who I needed to, what pieces I needed to do. I need to bring in cosplay people uh, who made costumes and um, and fabricators, uh, photographer. And by the time I figured out how much it was going to cost, 
it was I, I just thought there's no way in hell even if I'm su- most successful Kickstarter in the world this is going to be a hard ask and I just gave up it's 14 million dollars it was in the end I think it came to almost half a million dollars just as a start and um, and I'm like there's no way there's no way I could do it so what I ended up doing is I repurposed it I actually had a cosplay element in my last uh, Kickstarter was like yeah, but I made it the top tier reward. So like it was ten thousand. If you if you wanted to, we would fly you. Uh, we'd have the photographer, the cosplayers from Heroes of Cosplay, Jessica Marizana and Holly Conrad would make you stuff, um, and we would take a photo shoot for you and turn you into a Geek Week card. Uh, it wasn't taken, but if it was, it would be a really fucking cool thing. So but 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 it, that that was a risk that was a risk assessment. I had to say I had to think to myself, is this so cool that I think I, it's worth it for me to do it? Or should I just should I just put it into something else? And if someone takes it and it's it's like a perk, but this is what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. So those are the risk assessment things you have to figure out. Um, so I apologize if this is a little bit incoherent, but um, so I run this site called Hero Machine where you make your own superheroes online. And so I'm going to have a product that it would be my Kickstarter for. And I guess I'm not sure how to think about it. Do you do you think about you want to fund it to where even if you never make another dollar off of it once the product is done, you're still okay? Or do you think of it as, I just need to have a Kickstarter for getting to the part where I can bring it to market, and then the market takes over and I would sell it like anything else I made? I'm not sure how to, to think about that. The, the best case study for that is Cards Against Humanity. Um, uh, Max Temkin had this idea. It was basically apples to apples for adults. Put it out there through Kickstarter, and now it's its, its own self. That's, that's a business. It's it's it, he could he, they couldn't keep it in stock in Amazon. It's, that's that's the case study you want to look at. Um, he put it out there, and it's just one of the things that he does, and it's and it's a uh, it's it's super successful. So the opportunity that Kickstarter offered him was just to be able to take it out there and, and make it, um, and then he with his own acumen was able to turn it into something that everybody wants. I had a question. With um, certain projects that they actually have a uh, goal for, uh, say for example for a video game, when uh, usually I've seen a lot of Kickstarters that have, to me, uh, uh, unrealistic goals in terms of like costs with the scale that they seem to be presenting with the game. Because uh, with a personal project, you, you assess all the costs and you get a certain number. So I'm wondering, uh, do Kickstarters for some of these larger scale uh, projects uh, are those basically to just kind of boost it? Uh, what would you recommend for a project basically that starts basically from zero, but with all the costs factored in? Mm. Like, mm. would you recommend doing a high goal or kind of starting? Uh, um, what, what you you want might be able. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, always always ask for the amount that it's actually going to cost you to make the project. Like, don't don't sell yourself short. Because like, I've known Kickstarters that actually. They're like, well, you know what? If we underbid it, I'm sure the 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 end funding total will be far superior to what we're actually asking for. Don't do that. Like, yeah. just just ask realistically what it's gonna what it's gonna cost to actually make the project because you're, otherwise you're setting yourself short and you're in trouble. And actually, if you do make the funding goal, but yet not enough to actually fund the project. So just be realistic in your estimations. Or try just try to do as much as you can on your own, so that if you're going to be asking for a lot, you're asking just to take it to market. So, you know, I'm, it's kind of a double-edged sword because you, you need the funding capital to start, but you also need to finish it off, and it's going to be a huge ask. Um, 
but you just have to assess if you think you can make it there's nothing saying you can't you know just but but try to do as much as you can on your own and eat those costs before you know as much as you can before you take it to market well that's where you can you can you can cheat without cheating right so what you said is absolutely right say what it's going to take to do it but for us with sword and laser we made an initial goal of only six episodes knowing we wanted to do more but realizing that you know certain costs we're going to keep it at that, six. But that, that was the minimum viable yeah, and product. i was like this is this is you know hiring the crew getting the studio we can do six episodes at this amount and then a stretch goal is psychologically important because if you meet that goal and people are still excited you're actually you get a lot of momentum and and can move on and we we were able to do that we were able to get to 12 episodes because of that so so you know if there's a smaller goal within your larger project that is still attainable on its own that could be a way to manage it so we have uh, roughly four minutes left. I want to give the audience some resources since there's a number of people in here that are looking to do. Um, so the crowdfunding Bible that I was telling you about, it's a free download. If you go to crowdfundingguides.com, um, you can download that. It has some really great information in it about kind of structuring your campaigns and things like that. And also, since we have a lot of creative types out there, um, my husband is a furniture maker. So he constantly undervalues his work. And so it's a, it's a mental game that you play with yourself. And there are some really great articles out there. So um, if you just Google don't undervalue your work, you're going to be taken to a really great post with a lot of uh, – Bill Duran actually did a great video on this, um, just kind of evaluating your what you're providing. And it's a little, you know, an ego boost for you. <laughs> so it's a really good read, and I highly recommend it. Uh, here's my number one thing. As creative types, uh, we're not, and I'm not good at numbers and yeah. money. Yeah. Like, I don't like looking at them, yeah. and they scare me. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, you have to do it. It's like taking your medicine. And mm -hmm. if you're going to start dealing with stuff like this, when you're getting into, like, free money, you know, it just you need to do it. It sucks. You will hate it if you're like me. Ah, good God. <laughs> numbers. Uh, but no, it's seriously like taxes. I mean, like stuff like that. Being like putting something, uh, putting stuff away because all this money is taxable. Like this is huge. You don't want to get bit in the butt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't forget about taxes. Don't forget about taxes. Yeah. Taxes, wanna, taxes, taxes. Or don't try to buy a home and get a home oh, loan you know, after you've uh, done a Kickstarter and had to pay all the taxes on the don't, Kickstarter. Don't like, collect. What is this? Don't collect all your Kickstarter money at the end of your fiscal year yes. and not spend it. I right. think is what Veronica is Yes, saying. don't do that. Because then the government's like, you made all this money. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you do, if you, if you, if you absolutely cannot do that, taste. then take that into account in your accounting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. That's because because that, that's exactly what's going to happen because I, I can't fulfill something because I'm not going to be done with it. In time. Right. So yeah. On that line, should you incorporate before you uh, kickstart? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. It's it might be a bad, good idea. Yeah. It might be a good idea to be a separate entity. Yeah, yes. protect that's a whole yourself. Other yeah, that's a whole other conversation. That, that's that's yeah. a whole other discussion. There's lots of um, reasons to. And, and you also have to take into account, uh, for Kickstarter at least, the 10 percent that they take. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, a lot of people forget that when they yeah. when they're doing their spreadsheets. They ain't running a charity after all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, it's, well, it's 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 Kickstarter and Amazon. 
Yeah. Which is a collective is about ten percent. Is it ten percent? It's about ten percent. It's about five from. Well, I thought it was five for like Kickstarter and three percent. Three, well, that's yeah. Okay. But budget enough. Numbers. Yeah. Budget yeah. enough. Oh, and uh, these are also for sale here. Speaking of, of <laughs> please don't make me bring them back home. Speaking so of valuing yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you guys have any last words before we say thank you? Um, be sure to go into the app and rate this session rate if, you, it. if you got any yeah. value from it. Rate the other sessions really high, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are there any sessions Lynn's you want them be, to rate low? Be like in the back, so if you're interested in bag? any of Lynn's limited <laughs> prints, you can <laughs> head on to the back. I am Groot. I saw James thank you so much for coming oh, yeah? to the session, everyone. Thank you, guys. And thank you, panel. Good so you rate it.